You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners. This is Chad. And I'm Daniel. And with us tonight is our very special guest. He is no stranger to the Screeners podcast. As a matter of fact, you've heard from him more recently than you've heard from me. (laughs) It's been over a month since I've been here, but I'm back. Like it or not, you can't get rid of me, people. I'm back for the Screeners, and I'm very excited tonight to also have with us host of the Next Trek podcast and brother of Daniel, Mr. Tyler Howitt. How are you doing tonight, Tyler? I am doing great, and I am excited to talk about the Meg. That is right. We thought, who better to talk about the Meg than Tyler because of his love of all things Star Trek, right? (laughs) That's exactly right, you know? (laughs) We are very excited to talk about the Meg. We're also going to do some discussion around MoviePass, as well as Daniel's favorite subject, the Oscars, and how Mm. great they've been recently. Oh, yeah. But um, before we jump into that, I do want to remind everybody that you can find the Screeners Podcast on all of our social channels. On Facebook, you can find us, search for the Screeners Podcast, and on Twitter, look for us at ScreenersCast. If you're so inclined, please send us an email to ScreenersCast at gmail.com. And with that, let's get straight into Jump Cuts. Jump Cuts. Jump For our first Jump Cut this evening, we are going to be talking about Movie Pass. We just talked about it a couple episodes back in our uh, review of Mission Possible Fallout. Me, Chris, and Melody talked a little bit about that and about the the MoviePass woes. Uh, Just as kind of a quick recap, they have been having terrible business decision after terrible business decision. Really, it's more like throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, And so even since our last uh, discussion on the topic, even more things have begun to to change. Uh, Chris, live on the podcast canceled his subscription to movie pass uh so that was great uh, I, I had said that i'm was just kind of waiting to see what happens and uh i actually have uh, i haven't quit movie pass because I, I have an annual subscription but i have indeed signed up for amc a list so we can talk about that uh but basically nowadays what's what's going on with movie pass chad uh you said there's some breaking news that just broke today about movie pass what's happening Well, we found out today in an effort to stop people from spending money or to to bring a finer point to it, in an effort to not let people see movies or have passes, (laughs) um, MoviePass just today, uh, their CEO came out and said uh, in an effort to try to curtail some of the business spending, he was very honest, I'm going to give him credit for that, and to stay in business, they are now going to roll out an update that... Depending on what city you're in, you're going to be the loser of the draw. The The options that you'll have for viewing will only be between two movies. And it will not be two movies that you get to pick. It will be between two movies that MoviePass gets to pick. <laughs> and I'm sure there are algorithms and, and, and things that they're using data to try and determine how best to not let you see movies. Because part of the Part of the Twitter eruption on this was that some, in some cases the showtime options were either 12.30 in the afternoon or 10.30 in the evening, and it's just another it's another mess. case of, <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen anything quite, quite like this, uh, but that broke just today, so I think the flood of MoviePass cancellations is going to continue. Although I must be honest with you, I have yet to cancel my MoviePass. I did sign up for a list mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and I've used it three times now and it's a delight it's very easy yeah. to use it lets you reserve seats in advance it's it's great it's it, it's absolutely great uh, I did not cancel MoviePass, though, because, and I think Tyler probably has a little bit of this, I live in a smaller town and except for one AMC which is about 40 minutes away from me all of my AMC theaters locally are terrible And more importantly, a lot of the Oscar releases and smaller indie films that I like to see never get released at any of the theaters around me except for one that's a regal. And so I'm hesitant to pull the trigger on canceling this, guys. Have you you totally canceled yours, Tyler, or or are you still hanging in there? 
man, MoviePass, I'm, I'm in this weird spot, especially with all these, these conversations as I'm hearing about it. I live, like you said, in a very small town in the middle of nowhere. Uh, in fact, we were just talking about, you know, how to go see Black Klansman and you guys were like, oh, well, yeah, I can, I can drive, you know, not far away or I can, I can go see it pretty quick. There is not a, a, a showing of that within 50 miles of me. Um, I, we have two movie theaters in our town, but they're both these small, independently owned theaters that MoviePass works with. So it's ironically my best option. I do I don't have another option. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it, you know, for a while. Because in the end, if I can see, you know, one movie per month really with it, it still is worth it to me. Yeah, and I think I'm gonna. I think I'm on that train too. I I recently, as you guys know, I've, because of some work commitments, I haven't been able to be on the show for about three or four weeks. And beyond that, I haven't until this week weekend. I had not been able to see a movie in the theater for about three weeks. So I've been trying to catch up. Same here. And I had a scenario where I wanted to see Sorry to Bother You before it left the theaters. It was getting ready to leave, and my only option was a Regal about forty five minutes away. I went. I used my movie pass. Obviously, Sorry to Bother You is not going to be blocked, you know, grayed out or blocked by a movie pass at this point. So I was able to see it. The ticket was I think sixteen dollars. And so it's those little things where I think they could probably coexist for me. Yeah. Although I certainly understand with Chris being in a in a bigger area and having more options, it probably doesn't make sense for him. Yeah, and and I'm in a similar spot to Chris. So I like I said, I, I have an annual subscription to Movie Pass, so it's good through November. So I'm not canceling anyway because I, I can just wait it out. It doesn't cost me any extra. I already paid. I only paid like seventy eight bucks for the whole year. So I've definitely gotten my use out of it. Uh, but I signed up for AMC because just with all the craziness and the uh, uh, uncertainty with showtimes, I just couldn't justify wasting money on full price tickets while I waited for Movie Pass to get their stuff together. So uh, I, I too, just like Chad, I, I've, I've loved AMC A list. I've had no issues. It's seamless. It's so much easier than Movie Pass. It's really great. I went and saw spoilers. I saw the Meg in IMAX thanks to AMC A list because it's <laughs> it's included uh, in the in the subscription. So that's great. I have a very similar problem though to Chad. Uh, even though I have plenty of theaters in my area, I get plenty of showtimes here in Vegas. The AMC there's only one AMC near me. There's another one all the way across town. And for the most part, all the smaller Oscar fare gets in the Regals and Cinemarks around me, not the AMC. So I will definitely be spending money to go to these other theaters. So I still have Movie Pass. I've only used it one time since getting AMC A-list. Uh, funny thing, though, my wife also has Movie Pass, and uh, she is pregnant with twins, so she is not uh, seeing nearly as many movies as I am uh, these days, and definitely uh, in the coming months won't be. But uh, we were getting ready to see Black Klansman. So initially, I booked my ticket with AMC A list, and then I just went ahead and bought her ticket. I said, "Forget Movie Pass. Let's just I'm just going to buy it and not waste time." So I bought her seat, and then the morning of our, our showing, I just happened to check Movie Pass and saw that this the Black Klansman screening that we were going to showed up on AMC. So I said, "Oh shoot, let's I'm going to swing by before work and pick up her ticket and get a refund for the one that I had purchased." And it worked flawlessly. So we were able to use MoviePass for her ticket, AMC A-List for mine. So that was awesome. Uh, later on that afternoon, our friend decided he wanted to go to the showing with us. So he swung by just about two or three hours later with his MoviePass to buy a ticket with us. And all of the showtimes were gone from MoviePass, removed, uh, and no longer in the app. So it was just within a couple <laughs> hours. And then, the, the funny enough, the exact same thing happened the next day. I checked in the morning. There was Black Klansman. I checked in the afternoon. Black Klansman is gone. So yeah, they've got this new thing. It's like if more than one person buys a ticket, yeah. they shut it down. Yeah, I that's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly. I, and I've been seeing weird glitches like that in the app. And and let's face it, for for a company that from its inception has been solely based in an app, they've had a terrible, terrible app. Um, even with their update, which made it better, but it they've a lot better. always always had app problems and. Uh, I was just talking to one of my friends uh, who I, I see a lot of movies with here and she was saying she could suddenly um, the the radius had changed she could suddenly see theaters in Seattle which is you know 150 miles away from us uh, when I could only see one of the two theaters in town in my app hmm. and we Weird. both have iPhones yeah it was super super strange so uh, just like they just can't get it together but yeah. like like you, we, you know, I think we bought them on the same day or we're close to each other at least. And I'm just going to wait it out, you know, and just, yeah. it's, it's worth it to me to at least hold out as long as I can. 
Yeah, because as much as we like to, or at least it seems as if, and I'm using we as the collective we, humanity, kind of bash on MoviePass, and deservedly so, they they brought it on themselves. Yeah. Uh, it has certainly served a purpose. I don't think we'd have a list in its in the state that we have it were oh, it not yeah. for MoviePass's existence. Totally. And I have saved so much money on MoviePass over the sure. last you know couple of years. So I'm glad they existed, even though they're they are going down in remarkably bad <laughs> bad way yeah they have totally uh shaken up the the theater going business in an awesome way I, you're exactly right we would not have a list without them uh we wouldn't have cinemark movie club not that anybody really cares uh but we wouldn't have that and then you know whatever regal ends up coming out with i i'm really waiting for regal's uh, subscription service because i have so many regals around me they get the indie movies that i want they get the big ones they have imax all of that i would totally subscribe to whatever regal has to offer if it's competitive with amc so this is the time for them to do it i'm really shocked that they haven't released it yet uh whatever you know they have to be they've got something in the works for sure they have to and it's they need to strike right now they are really wasting time here so they would get so many signups if they released it now it's it's gonna happen it's just a matter of how soon and what's the price gonna be totally i really hope it's competitive with amc because i love amc's deal and i love my amc theater the only thing is it just doesn't get the all the movies that i want so i'm 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 ready regal release it i'm i'm a waiting customer i'm waiting to give you my business give it to me and could you guys uh, clarify really quick i know it's a little bit late but what is the deal with with amc uh what is it called a list i I don't have it here so i haven't had to look into it yeah amc a list it is uh 19.99 a month and you can see three movies a week. Um, oh, you can shoot. have up to, uh, up to three reservations a week, which is plenty. Uh, you know, Good there gracious. are rarely times that I go to see more than three a week, so that's awesome. Uh, and you can reserve seats ahead of time. It's all through their app, which is a lot better than MoviePass's app. Uh, you just reserve your seat. You don't have to be at the theater. You can just be at home, reserve your seats. You can have up to three reservations at a time. So you can also reserve uh, movies for weeks in advance, you know, if there's, oh, a, wow. if there's an upcoming movie. So, yeah, so it's it's a pretty sweet well, deal. And you also and get the benefits of AMC Stubs, which is, right. uh, what is it, slight discount, like 10% so discount? So you get a 10% discount on all concessions. And anytime you order a medium drink or popcorn, you get a free upgrade to a large. Oh, wow. And you get a dedicated line, which sounds yeah. silly until it's a Friday it's night so and you good. show up and you can just walk right by everybody. And I got to dedic- I, I be honest. Every time I get in that line, I feel like it should be AMC a-hole. I, I feel no so doubt. obnoxious. <laughs> I feel obnoxious. And then, I, then I'm like, but I paid for this. Yes, so I got exactly. To go. <laughs> exactly. But I feel so, but, it's so like, oh, you poor plebeians in the line. That's it. Like, but the cool <laughs> thing is the line is not just for the tickets. It's all for the box office. Yep. It's also for concessions. Yep. So it's, oh, great. it's amazing. It's amazing. And you don't have to... You don't have to scan stubs. You don't have to uh, pick up a paper ticket at all. You can just walk up, let them scan your phone, and and you're in. So it's 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 really oh, great. Wow. It is. I love it. I, my only absolute only complaint is that my AMC doesn't get them all the movies that I want. That's it. That's my only complaint. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's everything that's going on with MoviePass. Uh, let us know what you're dealing with. Are you sticking with MoviePass? Are you jumping ship to AMC A list or waiting for Regal? Let us know what you're doing because uh, this is this really has shaken up movie going for uh, the better in a lot of ways. Even though AMC is, even though Movie Pass is dying a slow death. So, let us know what you're up to. Chime in on social media so we can hear what's going on. All right, let's move into our next jump cut. Number two. Well. If you have listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you should probably know that I am obsessed with the Oscars. Um, no. What? Yes, it's true. I follow them very intently. I watch every nominated film, and I write as, a, as an Oscars uh, prognosticator for the site Next Best Picture. And uh, so, yes, I, I take it very seriously. I love the Oscars. And uh, this week, the Academy announced... The biggest changes to the Oscars, at least in my lifetime, they're really hugely significant for the way the awards are. All the uh, the changes that they've announced are, are in response to declining ratings for the Oscars telecast over the past few years. Ratings have been slipping. Uh, fewer people are tuning, tuning into the awards show themselves. 
So this week, newly elected Academy President John Bailey, he announced first that uh, because people often like to complain about the length of the show, and maybe that maybe that's why the ratings are slipping, that they're going to keep it to a strict three hours. And to do so, they're going to cut smaller awards from the live broadcast. Instead, they'll hand them out during commercial breaks and air like an edited compilation later on in the show. And they haven't announced which awards they're going to cut, but it's pretty safe to assume that the three shorts categories are, are going to be cut and probably a couple tech, tech awards like sound editing, sound mixing, things like that. Uh, but that's not the biggest change. The biggest change that they announced is the, the announcement of a brand new category at the Academy Awards, Best Achievement in Popular Film. This is obviously in response to those people who complain that the Oscars uh, award movies that nobody has ever seen. They don't award the popular movies and anything like that. And uh, they have not, the Academy has not announced the eligibility requirements or what qualifies a film as quote unquote popular. But we can, uh, it's safe to assume that there will be a box office mark that they have to surpass in order to qualify. So that's pretty big. Basically, an Oscar for the best popular film. Um, best blockbuster. So uh, I have so, so very many thoughts, but I'm going to first let you guys uh, talk about it. So Chad, what do you think of all these changes? Well, very much like I think most people, and I am encouraged to see that every, everyone pretty much that I have read or, or, or that I pay attention to hate this idea (laughs) and hate it for so many reasons. It's, it's remarkable how tone deaf I think people can be sometimes when they get into a boardroom and they go into panic mode. Cause to me, this clearly reeks of a, of a move that is just from an organization that is just in panic mode over dwindling numbers and dwindling ratings. Although the ratings, you know, the ratings decline seemingly is in line with the amount of people that just aren't watching these kinds of things anyway. I think the curve is pretty consistent across just viewing in general. But that said, it's just bad for so many reasons. I mean, you touched on the fact that it's ambiguous as to how they determine what is, in fact, a popular film. But let's say they come up with something. What it will essentially do is it will make it more difficult for popular films to get nominated for the true Best Picture Award, which is going to be ridiculous. I mean, the idea, I mean, I guess we could look at it like this. We celebrated Get Out because it was a a huge success Mm -hmm. and was nominated in in certain categories. And if we had, I believe if we had this specific category in place, it probably would not have garnered as many or as much attention. The same thing could probably be said for Dunkirk in in, in a way because it made $100 million. It just seems ridiculously short-sighted and dumb. It's going to create an us versus them. And and to be honest with you, the truth of the matter is throughout the history of the Oscars, and Daniel, you could probably talk about this you know more uh, astutely than I could, but there have been dozens of extremely popular slash blockbuster movies that have been nominated mm-hmm. for the Academy Awards. So it seems like they're trying to fix a problem that doesn't really exist. I mean, you can always circle this back to the Dark Knight controversy yep. and their first overreaction to nominate ten films and then to you know kind of course correct a couple of years later. But I just it just seems that. This is going to be bad all around. I hate the idea of cutting the smaller awards because the kinds of people that watch the Academy Awards watch the Academy Awards. And so I don't I, I don't imagine a scenario where someone's sitting at home saying, well, hey, I heard the Oscars isn't going to be three hours and 20 minutes. It's going to be three hours. Let's watch it, Martha. Yep. I mean, that's not just a, that's not a real thing. So. I, I think you can clearly see. I just I hate this for a number of reasons, and that's just the surface of why I hate it. It's a disservice to the guys and girls that have worked so hard, and and it brings attention to the to the films mm-hmm. that uh, other people might not have seen, even if it is for a short doc or whatever. So I, I hate it. I hate it with everything that's in me, and I hope that the negative backlash will have some sort of uh, impact, and they all they'll reverse course on yeah. this quickly yeah i'll pass it off to you tyler but uh to reference what uh, to explain a little bit what chad said about the dark knight uh in 2008 the dark knight and wally both missed out on best picture nominations even though they were widely predicted to to receive them and so after that in 2009 they opened up category that only five best picture nominees were uh, awarded uh, before 2009 for many years uh and since 2009 they opened it up to 10 nominees 
uh, in an effort to get blockbusters involved. And then in 2011, they, they shifted it to a sliding scale between eight and 10 nominees now. And uh, in 2009, it, it worked. We had Avatar. We had Toy Story 3. Uh, we had, I'm sorry, that was the next year. We had Up that year. We had District 9 that year. So it worked. It got in bigger, less traditional Oscar films. Uh, and then Toy Story 3 the following year and a couple others. Uh, but then it stopped working. And the sli- once they instituted the sliding scale, blockbusters have not been seen in in that same way. We've had different types of blockbusters like The Martian, like American Sniper, the, the number one film of 2014, uh, was nominated for many Oscars. So, yeah, we've definitely seen that. Tyler, what do you think of uh, all these changes? Yeah, I agree with what most of you guys are saying. I think, honestly, what, what that does, what the new category does, is it it both diminishes what the Oscars are trying to do and also just um, screams yeah. of, of pandering to, to the audience, you know, which, which is not what the Oscars is. I mean, popular films can certainly be, be nominated and win best, best picture or, or, you know, the actors and actresses can be nominated in, in popular films. There's nothing wrong with that. But what it's saying is what, what they have always said is there is a standard of, greatness or goodness or, or uh, production or, or whatever it all, you know, for each category, there's a different standard, of course. Uh, th- but there is a standard, a bar we're setting. And now it's, it's saying, well, those are all just snooty bars. And, you know, now we have, now we, we can just pander mm-hmm. to you, you know, plebeians, you know, yeah. like, like you was thinking about that when you were talking about the, the movie pass line, you know, like, you know, oh, you it's a pat on the head, like thanks for playing to see your popcorn movies. We'll give you that category. Right. Well, and, and and let's let's be honest. There have been missteps in the Oscar category and the Best Picture category before. You named Avatar. That was not a Best Picture <laughs> worthy winner. Now it now it did achieve many great things in terms of visual effects and stuff like that. Um, but that would certainly that that goes there in the in the best the the popular film. It's, I mean, the way in short, the thing that that determines popular film is money. It's like saying, you know, a, a book that's on the New York Times bestseller list is amazing because it's on that list. No, it literally means it just sold the most. You know, James Patterson mm-hmm. is consistently on that list and he is never he's he's not going to win a Pulitzer Prize or anything like that anytime soon. So, I yeah, I think it's done. And, and then the the 3-hour Oscars telecast, you're telling me or they they are saying it is impossible for us to present uh, there are 24 awards, correct? Um, now 25. Oh, now 25. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it's impossible for us to to present eight awards per hour. That's what they're that's what they're saying. So they have to they they have to cut things down and squeeze things in commercial breaks. Like tighten up in other ways. Don't don't give these other people short shrift. You know, by by just shoving them in a commercial break and then giving us a blurb after them. That's that's that that's just literally saying we can't plan better. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine how the first winners of this Oscar are going to right. feel mm-hmm. when they when they have to stand up there and accept their award? I mean, we already have the People's Choice Awards. We already exactly. have the MTV, oh, blah, blah. We already we have already the Golden have Globes, that. guys. The Golden Globes, right? But but this is, it's they're going to feel I, embarrassed, even if they made a great film, because yeah. it's clearly the second class, the second tier award. And, you know, a part of this is just to, the timing of this is another thing that bothers me, because there's been some discussion around Black Panther mm-hmm. being nominated for several several so awards. So it's going to be best and so, popular. And, exactly. Yeah. They should, I mean, they literally, I put in our Slack channel, they should literally just name this the ambiguous award to give to Black Panther Award. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing, and, I have been... And it hurts Black Panther it because does. now it won't be a part of the real award. Totally. Uh, I had, like I said, I, I uh, practice, you know, the, the art of Oscar predicting every year. And I, I have kind of a running prediction list going uh, as films come out. And uh, I have had Black Panther in my predictions to be nominated for Best Picture all year. Uh, up until this award was, uh, this category was announced, I still believe that it's going to get nominated. Um, it's, it is totally, it fits the mold of a Best Picture nominee. It, it, it checks off every box. I absolutely think it's going to get nominated. But if this popular film category thing happens, I, I, it won't be. I mean, it's it already is going to win a Best Award there. Why would I waste a slot in the real Best Picture category on it? It doesn't need it. That's the reason so so few animated films get nominated because they have their own category. 
why do why do they need to be nominated for best picture when they're going to win animated film it's just yeah, it demeans both things it does and the cynical side of me daniel to play the the other side of that coin would say that the Academy doesn't necessarily believe that it will be nominated for Best Picture, and so they don't want to face the backlash mm. that they did similar to The Dark Knight, and so they create this, and it solves, quote-unquote, solves that problem. The biggest thing that ticks me off, though, uh, other than that, I mean, it, or it, even bigger than that, is that popular films, they, they already have an award. You know what that award is? Money. It's money. Right. It's money, guys. They're popular already. The reason I love the Academy Awards, I have a passion for them. And it's not just be- for some arbitrary uh, awarding films for some Hollywood self-importance or, or just to kind of, you know, just really uh, honor each other and aren't we so amazing. It's not that. I love the Oscars because they highlight smaller films that generally need the attention in order to be seen. Uh, I, I it, It's just that... A popular film, by definition, doesn't need any more attention. They've already got it. They're already there. So it's just it defeats the whole purpose of the Oscars. And 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 furthermore, who is this change for? I mean, you kind of uh, hinted at it with the uh, the the guys who uh, aren't going to watch the Oscars unless it's three hours strictly. You know, uh, but this change is kind of directed at those fanboys who always complain about superhero films not getting nominated. That's the real thing here. Popular films have been nominated. There's a long history of popular films being nominated at the Oscars. What has never been nominated is a superhero film. That's what we're talking about here, if we're being honest. And do you think fanboys are going to stop complaining about superhero films not being nominated for Best Picture? Of course not. Even if Best Popular Film has five nominated superhero films, they'll still complain about them not getting nominated for the top top prize. Who is this change for? They're not going to be happy. We're all going to be ticked off the people who actually care about the Oscars. So it just demeans everything. And and the, the biggest thing is they announced this, that they're going to create this new pandering award to, to you know usher in fans who don't even like the Oscars to begin with. Uh, they announced that at the same time as they announced that they're going to cut these smaller categories. How offensive. We're going to award some arbitrary film that directed by people who are already making so much money from their hugely, enormously popular film. And we're going to cut the artistry of these, these uh, you know, sound mixers who never get attention. I can't name sound mixers. You know, it, it's because this is their one ch- chance to shine. It's just, it's, it's terrible. It's a mess. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think you should switch from the Oscars to covering the Golden Globes as intensely as you do. Oh Lord! <laughs> I mean, I still I still follow them just because it's part of the whole deal. It's of part of the lead season. up, but yeah, yeah, it's terrible. It's just uh, it's just not good. So I, I don't know. I think there's enough backlash that I, I don't think they're gonna cut. They can't go back. This idea, think. they can't go back. I don't. I mean, they could. Because they really, the, the way they announced this, it was almost as if it was an idea. Yeah. You know, they didn't have any we, details. They just kind of said, this. here's an idea. We're going to nominate this. Yeah. So uh, they could go back. I don't anticipate that. What I see happening, it's it's happened before in Oscar history, is that they'll, they'll uh, do this for a year or two and then change. They did it when they expanded to Best Picture, like I was saying, to 10. And then they changed it to a sliding scale two years later. Uh, we had they, we a, a few years back in in the 90s we split the uh, the score category into two we oh, had yeah. best dramatic score and best uh, musical or comedy score and it only lasted I believe five years um, and so yeah I don't I don't I, this won't last it just won't last um, but it's really annoying and offensive and and really uh, sucks for Black Panther most of all because uh, I think its chances of Best Picture if this happens or or of being nominated for Best Picture I should say are uh, are very slim. Agreed. I really hope that they go back on the decision to change it to uh, to February 9th, twenty twenty. That was just I'm so angry about that. Why are you so angry about that? I'm not at all. I just. We didn't talk about that third one. I oh. feel like it wasn't getting attention. <laughs> yeah, so that is the that is the change that we didn't talk about. Uh, it, they they starting not this Oscar season but next. Um, they have kind of bumped up award season or bumped up the the date of the Oscars to February 9th, twenty twenty. Generally, they're at the end of February, early March. And I guess they're kind of tired of uh, being so uh, late in the game. That that does it's not that nearly as big of a deal as the other category, as the other changes, but uh, it does give the rest of us who don't live in LA or New York it gives us a lot less time to catch up on those late oh, very Oscar true. season I releases. I not thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so that's really okay, the, the only way. I'm mad if, about that now. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only way. You know, I I don't live in L.A. or New York, um, but I've been able to see every single Oscar, every single Best Picture nominee before it comes out for for many years now. But it's largely because I, I have the time to before the awards. Um, but I don't know. I, I might not be able to do that anymore. Not living in L.A. or New York, so I don't yeah. know. All right, well, that about wraps up our all-too-lengthy uh, discussion in two terrible corporate decisions from the Academy and from MoviePass, and now we move into an even worse corporate decision, The Meg. It's a shark. It's a megalodon. Excuse me? I said... A megalodon. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. A lot of people are gonna die if we don't find it and kill it. She's coming. Of course you would think it's a she. So the IMDb description reads, After escaping an attack by what he claims was a 70-foot shark, Jonas Taylor, Jason Statham, must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. It's directed by John Turtletaub. It's starring Jason Statham, Rain Wilson, Bing Bing Lee, and it's got $141 million in the box office worldwide. It's a shark movie. It's it's bigger than any shark movie we've seen so far. What do you guys think? Chad, what do you think? Well, here's the thing. So it's, it's well documented on this podcast that one of my top two or three movies of all time is Jaws. Mm. Uh, now, there's some nostalgic family reasons behind that as well as the quality of the film. But I do think it's a, it's a rather perfect movie. Oh, yeah, and it, it has led to uh, Hollywood, as they do, trying to recapture the magic of that film. And, the, you know, the go-to of the great white shark or the creature in the sea is a well-worn uh, trope uh, in Hollywood. So I, I think one of the things that maybe led to the Meg uh, in its current form uh, is the the success of Sharknado, if I'm being <laughs> yes, honest. Definitely. Uh, because this movie's been in production for almost two decades. A lot of the things that I have read about the production, and specifically the director as he came on board, was them trying to nail the what they thought would make this work in 2018 which was kind of a combination of the serious and scary actiony kind of shark movie with the zaniness of sharknado and trying to land somewhere in the middle so using that that metric i would have to say that this movie is somewhat successful uh i don't think it's scary i don't think there is anything particularly exciting about it for a film i, I was surprised to see that the budget the production budget on this was 130 million dollars i get it because it's a water movie and there's some underwater stuff but the movie's rather ugly and mm. unremarkable to have a budget that size but if i'm completely honest when i saw the first trailer for this and i did watch the first trailer because i didn't think that i would end up seeing this movie and so my my no trailer rule went away but i, I saw the first one part of me was somewhat intrigued i thought okay it's a big shark it looks silly it looks fun and it is silly there are moments that are cute i mean my i saw it using my uh a-list by the way i saw it in uh, atlanta in a in a dolby cinema enhanced sound which uh, was really awesome but uh and a pretty full crowd audience laughed and cheered and so they were into it certainly more than me and the people that i went with seemed to really like it and so i think this is going to be a case where i come off sounding somewhat pretentious and i don't mean to be but the, the movie just didn't have enough stakes for me it was too silly too often it wasn't scary it wasn't exciting there were certain certain sequences that i think were good and were creative in the way that they did kind of reverse pov stuff to show there's a scene in particular where a certain character is, is being drugged behind a boat while the shark is behind him that I, that I enjoyed somewhat 
But overall, it's just not it's not a very good movie. And so I don't really know that I have much more to say <laughs> about it than that. It's it's just really silly. It tries it, it's one of those things where I think in their effort to kind of balance the tones, they didn't go far enough either direction. Like if this had really gone over the top a little more, not quite Sharknado level, but a little more that direction, it could have been more fun. Or if they had gone the the route of trying to be a little bit scarier and a little more intense, it could have been more enjoyable. But because they play it kind of right down the middle, I've left feeling right down the middle like, okay, not terrible, but not really very good. Certainly unremarkable. But people are eating it up, pun mm-hmm. intended. I mean, 44.5 million domestic. Uh, this has a chance of snagging number 10 or number 9, which would which would not work well for my box office list. So don't, don't do that to me shark, but uh, overall just kind of stuck in the middle. I, yeah, I think I, I think I have a lot to say about what you just said, but I'm going to give it to Daniel first. Yeah. You kind of stole my line, Chad. What else is there to say about the Meg? It's a movie about Jason Statham fighting a giant shark. It's uh, it's big, it's dumb and it's summer fun. That's, that's, that's why you're going. You're not going because it's uh, super smart. You're not going because it's super intellectual. It's a, it's about, it's about freaking punching sharks, man. And uh, wait, so- I wish I wish he had punched a shark. Like right, he, yeah. he kicked it. He kicked I, it in the face. He that's true. He did kick it. Yeah, that's true. I'm so, sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, there enough. was no punching sharks in the nose. So it's been well documented on this podcast that I I am a sucker. I have a soft spot for disaster movies. This isn't exactly a disaster movie. It's more of a monster movie, but it's close. And so I I want to make it clear because I too am worried about sounding pretentious here. I have absolutely no problem with mindless, dumb summer movies. I really don't. Uh, I am uh, Chris Jr. I am okay with uh, loving a blockbuster just because it's fun. But the Meg did not work for me. It is. Uh, it just. It just didn't work at all. It's. It's. First of all, it's painfully unfunny. The first, like, especially like the first 15, 20 minutes, they really peppered in like a lot of jokes, like joke after joke after joke, and. Even in my full audience, packed house on a Friday night, there was not even a chuckle, and especially not from me. Every single line landed with a thud, it, so it made it even worse. It was awkward every time they they try to make a joke. So that was the first thing that stood out to me. But we're not here for the jokes. We're here for some sick shark eating carnage, and it it mostly delivers. I mean, it's got a few decent decent thrills here and there, but they're they're few and far between. Uh, like I said, I saw this in IMAX using AMC A-List, and even in IMAX, just like Chad said, it, it doesn't look great. It really doesn't. The visual style, it, it looks like they were just going for bland, and they nailed it because it's it's very just bland. Uh, the effects are fine, uh, but there's no visual style. It's, vi- it's just very boring to look at. Uh, the cast is pretty terrible. I mean, Jason Statham's just not a good actor. He's good at punching things. And uh, the rest of the cast didn't do well. And Rain Wilson, poor Rain Wilson, he, he just, he's just not, he's just annoying here. He, that's that's oh, he, it. I think he tried. I really think he tried. I'll, I'll, defend, tried. I'll defend him later. But but that's about it. It's it, it never, I agree, it just went right down the middle. They never really went full B-movie on us, and they never went super serious. They really tried to get us to care about these people getting eaten, as if this whole thing was super emotional. But, man, pretty much anybody who goes to see this movie goes for the sole purpose of the enjoyment of watching people being eaten, not because it tears us up inside. So they were trying to make it super emotional, when real, in reality, that's that's the good part. <laughs> so and they just kind of totally missed the missed the ball all around. In conclusion, not thrilling enough, not funny enough, just all around not good enough for me. Yeah, you guys both pretty pretty solidly took the, the words right out of my mouth. It is not sure what it wants to be. So it's it's trying to be a B movie. I mean, come on, the, the name is The Meg. <laughs> like, it's, it, it is the most B movie sounding name ever, but it doesn't go there. And and just like you said, it is it's trying to be it's trying really hard to be emotional and, and, uh, there's a family, you know, crisis in it and there's a relationship developing and stuff like that. But I'm sorry, Jason Statham is not Dwayne Johnson. You know, he, Dwayne Johnson can, can pull that off while also being an awesome action star. And I really like Jason, Jason Statham, but he, there's a reason he's never been really the, at least the emotional lead of a movie, even in the transporter, it, like where that was his big breakout role, at least where I was, where I knew him, he's 
he he does his best when he speaks very little, you know, <laughs> um, and and kicks a lot, and and I really like him, and he's very he is very funny, but he was never funny in this, and so it's it just it just didn't work. It, it did not know what it wanted to be, and that led itself to be incredibly inconsistent. Um, I think the only point I would only slightly disagree with you guys. I do agree that this movie does not have a visual style of its own. Um, there were, and this contributes to its its inconsistency, there were some really cool shots. Um, the one where the, the shark is, and this is in the trailer, so I'm not spoiling really anything. Uh, there's a the shark swims under a bunch of swimmers, and you see an aerial view of all these really brightly colored, um, you know, tubes and surfboards and stuff like that. And the shark is right below the swimmers. That's a cool shot. And they do a couple of things like that, but but then there's some really cheap looking, bland, blah shots throughout the whole thing. Um, and not enough blood, frankly, for mm-hmm. a shark movie. So yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I think part of the problem too, and we without going into spoilers we can't talk about it too much but that specific sequence you're referencing tyler is uh one of the the highlights of the movie for yeah, sure yeah. but where it falls in relation to the movie it's it's too little too late Agreed. at that point i think but but i do agree and i think part of what hinders it w- when you say not enough blood is the fact that it is pg-13 and they ha- it's very clear in a lot of cases that they cut away from some of the gore that you would know you would naturally see i think one of the bigger disappointments for me was you have a shark that is evidently 75 feet long or whatever it is and except for one small thing that they do they never make this feel like a different kind of shark movie no. it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. they took advantage of the fact that they have a 70 they have a megalodon yeah. so let's see some megalodonish scale action but they, they never went never really went that went that way yeah it never felt bigger than jaws like it, it just right. never felt it just felt like a normal great white shark movie when re- in reality this is kind of like a dinosaur really right it's, it's exactly. this should be a, a jurassic park style thing where this is something they've never seen before never felt that way it's weird i i agree and even it's so weird this summer too where where just like you said we we've had jurassic world 2 we've had rampage we've had the meg we have these big, these literally big animal movies, uh, big monster movies uh, this summer, and this is the one that made it feel not very huge. Yeah. And and they they didn't again, and I don't think this is spoilery at all. They they didn't take the time to establish. You're right, like the size of the shark, or there's a big deep sea research station where everybody is at. Um, you don't ever see the the underside of this research station like how cool would it be to see you know this amazing research station with the shark you know poised right next to it and so we can see the the scale of it or something like that yeah. they, they just they missed a lot of opportunities throughout this entire film yeah a key thing uh, that, that i figured out after i read after was that this was a hard r movie that they cut oh, down it? they cut down to pg-13 so Wait, so they filmed a hard r I, I believe so. I could be right. I at least know that it was hard R in development for a while. They, I'm not sure if they filmed it or if it was just. Oh man, if we get an unrated script. version of this, I am watching it. And that would be a lot better. Honestly, it really would because it just felt so so bland and kind of watered down. Um, but yeah, I I could see a, a version of this that is really cool as hard R. I agree. Although I have to disagree with you a little bit, Daniel, with your your pitch to the Meg, where you said, "Speaking of another bad corporate decision, I think actually the corporate decision to make this and keep it PG thirteen looks like it's going to probably pay off pretty handsomely." That is true. That is true. <laughs> it's a good corporate decision, but not a good artistic. Correct. One. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm honestly. Are you guys as surprised about this box office as me? I, I really didn't expect this to do well at all. No, me neither. I, I looked when I was looking to to you know say it at the beginning of this uh, i i saw 50 million that's 50 million in china and i i just read 50 million i thought oh okay 50 million wait what 141 i mean right below that it's and 97 overseas 141 total 50 million this was always a movie that was going to do well overseas in, in asia but i i did not think it was going to do well here in fact I, I was talking to my wife i thought i was like yeah maybe i don't know black klansman is getting really good word of mouth it's in a decent amount of theaters maybe that could be number one at the box office this weekend and yeah no nope. not even not even well really I, close. I certainly didn't anticipate 44 and a half million but anecdotally i did kind of think it was going to do well because just my circle of of people 
when I said the Meg, these are people that don't necessarily go to every, you know, big thing that comes out universally. We're like, oh, is that that shark movie? Yeah, that looks great. Wow. And so I think the trailer did its work for them where people were excited to see a big shark movie. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Well, and even for me, my reaction, I, I'm like Daniel. I, I'm a sucker for for disaster movies. Although I do not d- agree with him on San Andreas. I actually, I love Skyscraper. Actually, like every time I think about it, I want to boost it in my what? in my ratings. What? I, I I know. I gave a I gave a, an objectively better rating for it uh, when I uh, in my letterbox and stuff like that. But it Skyscraper has stuck in my heart. It's I love it. Wow. Um, I know it's really weird. And I and I like horror movies, and I I do like all these things, and and I I generally can stay pretty objective about them in realizing just they are what they are. And I said the same thing when I saw the trailer for the Meg, and I, I broke my own no trailer rule. I said, I said, wow, that looks crazy bad. I love it, and I'm yeah. gonna see it. Like I I because I, I knew I was gonna see it, and I was with uh, you know a bunch of my friends who I I had to see it earlier so that we could record tonight. They're there right now. He and his whole family because they were super psyched for it. And and yeah, of course this is this is gonna win best popular film. My wife, who does not like horror movie or scary movie or anything like that, she was a hundred percent in on this just off of the trailer. That's crazy. So. I did not expect that. I I put it in my luckily put it in my dark horses uh, for the box office prediction. So I, th- I feel pretty good about that now that it's going to get in there. But yeah, I, I really didn't, uh, didn't expect that. It's pretty crazy. Any final thoughts before we move into our recommendations? No, I mean, honestly, what else is there to say? Really? I mean, this is, you know what you're getting when you get into this movie. And I think, uh, you know, it's not, it's not nearly as good as it could be. It's, it's just all around kind of a, a bummer. Yeah. But let me say this too. I, Whereas a movie like, you know, Transformers or those movies that are kind of in that throwaway summer action, whatever, where some of those are so actively bad and and apathetic in their approach to the audience that it makes me angry. I will at least say that I did not approach that with this movie. I, there was some enjoyment to be had. So at least on that level, it's not it's not actively bad where it's going to make you offensive or offended. No, and there were there were a couple of, and I really want to emphasize a couple of tense moments. I wouldn't say scary, but there were a few times where I was like, "Oh, I don't know if that person will be eaten or not." Um, but that that's about it. It was not boring. Um, I had a, I didn't say this earlier. I had a terrible crowd watching it. It was awful. Um, and and like we had, I had a guy sitting right in front of me who's he was an older guy, and and he. Um, there's a there's a CPR scene and he goes he goes well I I think I could do that if I really needed to like right out loud and then he and then <laughs> about half an hour later he goes he says something like um uh did you did you forget to lock the car or not like right in the middle of the whole thing I was uh, it drove me worst. crazy and uh, what that's the oh worst. yeah it's worse it's the worst so there was a couple things distracting me but for all that yeah I liked it. All right, well, I think we've said everything that we really need to say about this. I don't think there's anything deep and spoilery about this. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is it's like we've said, it's it's a movie that uh that is what it is. It is a big dumb shark movie. I will say I did so, yeah. I I liked since we're not getting into spoilers. Uh I do like the way that the kind of the final sequence where they finally you know the shark is going to lose in the end. So I like the way that they kind of eventually defeat the shark. Wow. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you guys like the way, that, without getting into details, did you guys like the way that happened? Well, it got into crazy town for sure, but at that point I was kind of yearning for it. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I agree. And and actually, uh, like we had said before, that, that scene with the, um, with the swimmers and stuff like that, that's that, that kind of kicks off this third act of, of, um, the scene with the swimmers that's really uh, that I said was really beautiful. Um, it kind of kicks off this crazy, crazy third act, and my actually that brought into a problem with me. It is directly Jaws, like one of the things. I don't know if this is spoilery, and if if it is, you know, Chad, you can cut it out. But um, but it's directly Jaws. It was it's it's the beach scene in Jaws, and I was like, what is happening here was it an homage or like because they're not light they're not deft in their handling of of things enough to to make it an homage it was hmm. i think they copied and pasted the script i didn't catch that maybe that's why i like that part better <laughs> and i did too like i wasn't i i was 
like after the fact I was irritated with it, but I still enjoyed it. Okay, well I think that that brings us to the end, and it's time for our recommendations. So we've got four options. Uh, do we? Do you guys recommend that you see the movie in theaters? Do we rent it? Do we stream it on some kind of existing service like Netflix or Amazon Prime or, or Hulu or something? This will be a Hulu movie for sure. And uh, or do we skip it altogether? What do you guys think, Daniel? This is a I, this is a hard one to give a straight answer for. I have to give qualifiers. Uh, for me personally, uh, this is a fine streaming movie. It'd be you know it's not going to be. I think Chad said it. It's not going to offend you. It's it's perfectly fine. You could stream it. But if you watched this trailer and you freaked out and and were super excited for it and really couldn't wait, this is exactly your type of movie. Honestly, you're you're gonna probably enjoy it. So if if you're gonna enjoy it that much, you should see it in theaters because it'll be even better there than it will be at at home. So it's kind of I, I can't just give a one answer uh, thing here. So so kind of some people stream it if you're really excited for it, see it in theaters. But you guys had said so. Just even to, to kind of go where I was thinking, you had said it's not that much better on IMAX, right? So it's not like it's not like go find the best theater ever. Correct. Called out. He got called out. For, there I, you go, Tyler. For me, though, that, and that's what I'm saying. For me, I was never super excited for the Meg to begin with, and it didn't work for me. So for me, no, I, I didn't love it on on, on IMAX. Uh, so I would say for if you if you generally think the way I think about movies, you like my opinion on movies, then then stream it. But if you are really, really excited for this film and you think it's gonna be awesome, then I think you will enjoy it in theaters. Because it's not it's not awful. It's just it's just pretty dumb. Sure. That's all. So all right, Chad, what do you think? Well unlike Daniel, I won't try to guess what everybody in the world <laughs> thinks. I'll just tell you what I think. And so for me personally, this is squarely a we're talking about on a quality scale. This is going to be squarely in the stream it if you're already paying for Netflix or Hulu, etc. I do think that if you have not seen the movie and you are you're bored on a Friday night and it's on sale for three ninety nine, you probably will enjoy it. The sense of scale is going to be even less. I actually agree with Daniel that if you're on the fence of trying to decide to see this in the theater or wait to rent it, but you're predisposed to liking shark movies or these kinds of movies the theatrical experience will enhance it for sure. Wow, giving so many options, Chad. Wow, <laughs> but, wow. But but unlike Daniel, I'm not afraid to say what I think, and so I'll say stream it and don't pay any extra money for it, and you'll be just fine. I, I think I'm, I pretty much agree with, with the both of you guys. I am a lover of shark movies, um, except with – and I, I, this is bad. With the exception of Sharknado, I really tried. I tried actually – a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. It's it's not that badly rated. At least the first one on on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's got a mid-50s or even... No, a, it's, it it's, it's highly one. fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, by Isn't the way. Isn't the first one high, highly fresh? Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's that's what, what said it to me. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, get, I'll watch it. And I got 10 minutes in and I, I had to turn it off. And I don't turn off movies. I really don't do it. Um, but I, it was so terrible. Um, and so in comparison to that, the Meg is fantastic, uh, and you should watch it in the theaters, but I, am going to agree with both of you guys. If, if you are into shark movies and you want to see it on a, on a big screen, you, you got excited about it, see it in the theaters, but for me, I'd, I'd stream it and I would not be disappointed with streaming this movie at all. You're listening to the screeners podcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for this review of The Meg and us talking about Oscars and Movie Pass. Uh, it's been a packed episode, but we have another bonus episode coming your way this week. Make sure you check out our episode of Black Klansman this week, a movie that uh, you should all definitely check out. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we would love to see you there joining the conversation. We want to hear what you're watching, what you thought of The Meg, and anything else that's in theaters right now that you're checking out. All right, we will see you next time for our review of Black Klansman.